Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode 82 of Get Out of Rap. And I'm joined by probably one of the most well-liked and well-known people in the industry. That's Dino Forte, the founder and CEO of Ventrica. I guess that would make you, was it the very first Ventrican? <laughs> it would. Hi, Martin. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, um, I guess I was the very first Ventrican. And um, although there's probably about 1,600 of us now uh, and growing. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of that. That's some family you're the head of. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we are a, a real family. Uh, it's funny, um, people talk about Ventricans and, and some people even said to me, you know, it's great that you came up with this name, Ventricans. I said, I never came up with it. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't. Uh, the staff called themselves Ventricans and it, and it just went from there. And, uh, and that's how, how we're all known nowadays. So it's fantastic. That's even better, really, anyway. It's more likely to survive than if it's come from come from the guys and the, the team within, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. No, it makes me very proud. Um, yeah, it's just great uh, that, that, that uh, the team feel that sort of togetherness, that family and camaraderie, if you like, as well, that, that uh, convinced them to, to, to name themselves Mendricon. So, so it's fantastic. How are you keeping that? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Thanks very much for, for asking. And I have to say, Big smile on my face as soon as we started opening this Zoom. For those of you that are just listening, um, Dino sporting a Get Out of Rap t-shirt, which is which is just great. Um, I love that. And by the way, the proceeds of that go to Naomi House um, and Jack's Place, a children's hospice that the podcast is uh, linked with. They do great work. But Dino, you, you, you're wearing it better than I do. <laughs> Thank you. Do you know what? It really fits well. I, mean, I was quite shocked. Uh, There's a product endorsement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how, will it, how will it fit? So I mean, I'm delighted with it, really, really delighted with it. And uh, proceeds to a good cause, of course. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And um, so let's start with kind of what, what, a, what an 18 months it's been for, um, for our industry. How have you kind of um, viewed that, ridden those waves? How's it been? Yeah, it... <sighs> Goodness, it, it's been really, really challenging for everybody. I think, again, whether whether you're a captive or, or, or a BPO, uh, the, the the challenges the industry has faced, particularly uh, with recruitment, um, is, is consistent. So it, it's it's been very, very challenging adapting to new ways of working. Um, I, I think that <clears throat> you know attracting the right staff and adapting. When I say adapting to new ways of working, it's we always had uh, a good element of, of home working, but never to the volume that, that we had to, uh, you know, we had to move to throughout the pandemic. So, so of course, uh, you know, making sure that you know we improved our skills academy, uh, um, uh, recruiting more mental health first aiders to really make sure that our staff are well supported, and there's just a whole bunch of different things. That we, we've had to do, and we have to continually look at what we're doing, and that, you know, from our onboarding process, from right from the recruitment process, sorry, through to onboarding and engaging with our with our teams. Uh, so it's been it's been a, a really challenging uh, time, uh, I think, for everybody. I'm, I'm sure, and anybody who probably said doesn't agree with that wouldn't wouldn't be being truthful. So <clears throat> so yeah, that, there's that that a, a big um, need to adapt in the last 18 months but for me now that the biggest driver for me is 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 trying to get our staff and our people back into the business because you know that that as i mentioned earlier the camaraderie the together the support the ability to grow and develop is 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 so important and and, and for me martin no you know not everybody uh, leaves education says that I, I necessarily want to be a customer service advisor. Some people mm. do, and some people love that type of role and others don't. So, so sometimes people come into the role and, and if I look at Ventricor over the years, we've, you know, friendships are made, families have been made. We've got, yeah. we've got Ventricor babies. So, <laughs> um, and when you have, um, you know, when you have that remoteness, you, you can never, you can, you know, no. there's been a lot of talk about this 
in the industry, of course, but you just can't capture that. No. Same camaraderie and togetherness. It, I can't stress how, how important it is. Well, we, um, I found out after having kind of done this, the way I started managing, um, I would spend a lot of the time on my feet, wandering around, talking to people, and I was really relieved once to read it in a book that it's MBWA, management by wandering around. There's a, there's a, as long as there's a phrase and an abbreviation for it, it kind of validates what you're doing, right? But um, I went back to our centre uh, for the first time in over a year for a collaborative sort of meeting. And some of my team were there. I think we're like a lot of places. There's a transient kind of some people are back and they've or they've never left. Most people are still at home, but there's a sense of coming back for collaborative work or coming back. And like you, I, I feed off people and I feed off the energy and the connections that you get from that. And just in saying hello to people, I was walking to the vending machine. I saw um, a team leader that works for me. And in just a brief chat that kind of we went, it was pleasantries, it was great. Is that kind of, hey, it's great to actually physically see you again. Um, I found something out that, that, I, that I could help her with that was work-related. And that was just in a, in a moment where we were passing each other. Now, we have really good roots. We have great communication. We've, done, we've adapted well to working from home. But I don't think those in-the-moment questions and answers or discussions and topics happen naturally like this one did and I just made a note okay Joanna da, 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 da. then when I came back to my desk I, I sorted something out for her and I just think as well as that kind of vibe how how many more of these things do we miss yeah yeah no absolutely it, you know for me it's so important and it, it, it you know it could be seen as somewhat controversial you know Aldino saying that actually our business doesn't work unless everybody's in the office. I'm, I'm not saying that because, um, you know, there's definitely a way to, to, to provide amazing service. We already do it with, with, with our remote staff as well. But what I'm saying is that the, the very heart and soul of a business, the, the fabric of an organization lays in its people in our industry and that togetherness and camaraderie and that teamwork and the effort and helping each other and supporting each other. Uh, there is just, it, you know, it's my opinion, but nothing replaces the physical environment. So it's, and, and, and I, I, I'm not always sure the industry will be truthful about the chat. Yeah, yeah because it, 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 it kind of makes sense for a lot of companies to sort of say, well, yeah, it's just great. Um, and it has its place, you know. We, we will we will continue as as we always have done with um, a hybrid type of solution. But I, I I want to get our our people back. I want to get our family back, and our, our, everything that makes Ventricle what it is and has done over the years. I want to reignite it a little bit. It hasn't flame hasn't gone out, but it risks going out in time if we don't. If, if we don't get people back into into our teams back into the into the offices because that's 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 something the whole industry uh, that, that have physical sites I, I think would want to do I think that I think these are really good conversations to have because um, you touched on something at the start as well about um, our industry I don't think it, and I don't think it's just our industry but there's a huge well in fact I think isn't there a, it's the great resignation it's been coined in the States about there's far more um, open positions than ever before. And you only, and someone posted the other day on LinkedIn, a list of some very well-known companies and the, just the sheer number of vacancies that they've got it, the link to returning to cent, like center-based work. And, and with this, this position of like, a lot of um, our recruiters, aren't they, who own recruitment companies for contact centres, you only go on LinkedIn every day and someone's posting, I've never seen anything like this. It does make you think that when you could get people to see what your centre was like, that was a big reason why people would want to come and work for you. 
or work in the industry, you don't get that same sense of being part of a team, I don't think, when you're sat at home. How do you do You can do it, but it's, it's teamwork light. It's culture light, isn't it? It is. It's it's all about the the culture, uh, the ethos of the company, uh, the the people. I think it almost feels like the world's in this sort of, particularly the Western world, is almost in this malaise. Um, Mm. People have have become accustomed to to getting out of bed and sitting indoors and and working indoors. And they don't want to return to, to normal. But but it's, I think it's dangerous. You know, I, I really do believe that uh, we need to get moving again. Safely, you know, it has to be done safely and carefully, but it, it, it's, it's a vital, vital ingredient for, 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 for us as an organisation. Um, and and uh, I, I can't stress highly enough the importance of, especially when you're onboarding, uh, and training staff and that, that that sort of what we call that journey to competence when staff go through grad bay and 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 our teams are really learning what they're doing uh, it's, it's irreplaceable and, and as i say martin people will argue that they'll say well that's rubbish you know just i well. don't know i think there's something we we had a discussion um the other week around we've got people that haven't only just same as everyone now haven't just been onboarded, but have been onboarded, have worked for over a year for companies and never physically seen any of their colleagues or the pre- or been in the premises for the company that they work in. And when you think we're an industry that continually has had a challenge around attrition and, may- and keeping talent, is it, you could question, is it easier for people to leave if they not developed the physical relationships that you get through working face to face yes <laughs> hit the nail on the head uh, but without that if if an individual has never met their manager face to face other than on video they've never met their teammates face to face they've never been in the center they've never experienced the culture and the ethos by definition that there's not that same level of, of loyalty and, and commitment. Mm. It's, so, so therefore, ourselves, like I'm sure, uh, you know, most of our industry have to be even more uh, ingenious and creative around finding ways to, to engage our teams and to support our teams. It, 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 it's a worldwide problem, isn't it? And, um, uh, but, but I think... You know, it's interesting. One of my friends was in uh, Munich a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she said that the, the, the place was absolutely buzzing. All the offices were repatriated. Uh, the city was really, really busy. There was a vibe and an atmosphere. It doesn't feel like we're doing that in the UK. It really no. doesn't. No. And it makes you wonder, are we going to be left behind? Yes. And, and that's what I feel is happening, Martin. I really do believe that, where the rest of Europe has been moving on carefully, but we're, we're kind of, it feels like we're being a little left behind. We need to move forward. We need to drive things forward again and get going again. We've got to get on with, with, uh, with the world again, <laughs> with our lives again. So, um, again, it, it, it's, my, um, it's my deep-rooted feeling, really. I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone in that at all. I think you only need to see how excited people get about I'm going back to a I'm going into London or I'm I'm going back into the office. It's great. It's great. There is this um, desire, but I think overall we've become more evolved, so that we we had to as an industry take far more care and, and attention over people's individual circumstances at scale we've done a great job i think it's you know you think about how many you've got 1600 people at some level someone's had to take care about those individuals what their home setup is like what their home life is like and we're i think we're far more evolved so 
as long as we don't lose that, as long as we don't lose that care and um, amending our policies, but still being consistent and looking after people, you, you can still have the two. It's not like you're not arguing, you're not making an arbitrary point, are you? It's not back in the contact center or working from home. It's the majority, let's get back. Um, but we're getting them back knowing that people are more safety conscious, that people might need more uh, areas where they can have alone time, you know, because there's people, I think we've gained people into the industry who maybe are in a cliched way introverts um, that might have been put off by some of that kind of like high-fiving, that buzz. Um, we can still, those people can still be accommodated, but with just more mindfully. So I think I think there's some real positives. Like you say, though, I'm, I'm with you. I would love to be able to go back into centres and just see it. You know what it's like. You walk in. You can see people smiling. You can see the, the buzz of a, a busy contact center. It's kind of why most of us stayed in the industry, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I think undoubtedly everything is, is clearly changed. And some of it's really great, as I've said. I mean, we've been able to attract people from all over, all over the UK and, and abroad that we would have struggled with maybe previously. Uh, and, and as you say, there are people who, who um, maybe are, are more introverted and, 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 and don't necessarily buy into the sort of buzz of a, uh, a, a contact centre environment. So, so the, the, there's, a, there's trying to find the balance, isn't there? There's trying to find the, the solution, I think, that, that works, that works for the business, but, but the, the, the heart and soul of the business should should remain and needs to remain and for that to happen you know we need to get we need to get things back to normal a little in my opinion i agree i agree where does um have you seen any kind of where have you guys utilized or used more of technology in this last 18 18 months i think you're like me i think technology is an enabler rather than you just cut people out completely but have you kind of have you seen anything or used any more of technology in the last 18 months? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've upgraded our uh, workforce management solution um, to the latest and, and greatest variant, uh, uh, WFM, which uh, has got a lot of really good, good features on it, but specifically allows uh, our staff to change their age, swap shifts, book their own holidays through that rather than going through the old HR system we used to have. Um, you know, it just makes it much easier for our staff to to uh, to run their their lives, and it gives them that degree of flexibility, which is is really really great. And they can it's very very easy to swap a shift with a colleague and and so on and so forth without going through to um, to one of one of one of their managers. So so that side of things, we've we've used that to great effect. Um, we've got a new uh, HR system to replace the one I was talking about, which again. Um, has been really, really good from a communication standpoint. Um, we're using, uh, we've got a new skills academy uh, that we, we've, uh, we launched uh, uh, in the pandemic. And the idea of that is, uh, is to, for instance, staff that want to progress to be a trainer, for example, or want to eventually move into HR or, or resource planning, if they've got those sort of, um, those sorts of skills, is to actually bring those staff through our skills academy give them the skills and and, and help progress them and i uh, love that yeah uh, a lot of self-learning as well uh, capability in there and exams they can take through the technology so that's been really fantastic i love that i don't think we do enough of that kind of thing in our industry um we have this you know frontline advisors like you say there's some people that want to stay customer service advisors they love it and that's great but in terms of internal talent and lighting the paths, pathways for them and equipping them to be able to say, you know what, I'd never even heard of work uh, resource planning before, but that might be something I'm interested in. How do I find that out? Testing yourself and learning the skills and then being able to go for a role, I think is great because we, we don't, uh, in terms of attracting talent, 
I don't think there's a better industry for saying, right, fine, come in. This job is tough as an agent, but if you wanted to, you can accelerate into another position quicker than you would do in most other industries. And guess what? It could be training. Like you say, it could be HR, it could be planning, whichever your way of your preferences, people, analytics, whatever it may be, there's a route. So helping people find that, I think is great. I love it. Yeah, I think that the... Um... There's, there, there are huge opportunities in our industry to, to develop skills and, and to um, and, and more often than not, so many organisations have these skills internally and don't even know it. Um, exactly. Yeah, it, it's absolutely uh, um, the skills academy for us has has been instrumental in helping us bring in bring in our next uh, our next management. Uh, teams, uh, you know, our future state managers, and uh, you know, we, we've got people who've joined as, in a customer service role, and they, they're developers. So we've moved them into IT, and, and they're developing uh, for us in in, uh, in all manner of different things, from from Zendesk through to uh, the, the bot platform that we now have uh, our internal bot platform. So, so. It's, it's just understanding the skills we have in our organization and, and looking at how we can develop those skills and giving people those opportunities because uh, the, the, these are the, these people are the future of our, our organization. So, so, so important. Do you think um, the future for BPOs is bright considering that a lot of, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of brands are struggling to you know, obtain staff then naturally, would they? Do you think that that will mean more business for you? It's, it's a really good question. That there's an argument to say that, that that's an opportunity for for the BPO space, but uh, it, 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 it's also a challenging situation for BPOs in the same way as everybody else. I think what we're seeing is where the UK in particular has, has become so difficult that uh, you know companies are, are looking more at at, uh, at offshore as well as 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 a potential solution mm -hmm. if it's an interim solution. And I think the um, but 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 this is a challenge that, that is seen around around the world, isn't it? it it's uh, it's an interesting question, Martin. And I think it, it does present some opportunities. In fact, we're seeing some of those opportunities where companies are struggling to such an extent. They're sort of saying, look, this isn't our core expertise. Mm. Why are we trying to do it? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and let's, uh, let's look at outsourcing it. But, um, but yes, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but we've, we've recently launched in Montego Bay Yes, I did see that. I was going to ask you about that. How yeah. did that come about? Why Montego Bay? It sounds naturally sounds very exotic. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so we we've been looking at um, uh, an offshore location for uh, probably two years now, uh, looking at, at, at where it might be right for us, and we look very closely at, at South Africa, which great destination and. A lot of the market, given uh, the, the time zone as well, has gone out to Cape Town and Joburg and, um, and um, various other places in, in SA. We chose Jamaica because there was a, a whole bunch of reasons, really. One uh, is, is the English language, their first language, of course, so that the history of, of Jamaica in the UK and mm -hmm culture and the ethos in many ways is very similar. Um, it's an established BPO destination so that they've been uh, in Jamaica has been servicing multinational companies for over 20 years. Uh, people don't always um, think of Jamaica as a, no. a, a great BPO destination, but it's a well-established, solid and stable BPO and captive destination for large companies. So so it's well established, a fantastic education, Martin. Uh, it's their education system is, is based on, on the UK, the British education system. So um, 
you know, that, that's really, really important. There's a lot of highly educated people in Jamaica looking for work. So there's that. And, um, and actually, when you listen to the, the accent, I mean, typically, uh, Jamaica is servicing the US market, mm. uh, in, in mostly, um, particularly in, in the BPO space. So clearly, that, that opens us up to the US market as, as well, which is one of the other reasons. Yeah. To go there. But when you listen to Jamaicans uh, speaking and, and when they put their phone voice on, there's a really nice, it's a really nice accent. And it's an accent that we here in the UK know and, uh, yeah. and, and, and love in many ways because yeah. Jamaicans, have, there's so many Jamaicans in the UK. Yeah. So for us, it's, it's a bit different. It's a bit of a different approach to um, what a lot of our competitors uh, have done or are doing, but it it's uh, it, it just felt very very ventrica for us. Uh, so that's why we uh, that's why we chose. And and you know they had fantastic beaches out there, <laughs> really amazing beach. I was there a couple of weeks ago, Martin, and um, and uh, the worst thing was looking out of the the, the window, the hotel window. At this amazing beach and not being able to go on it <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what's worse um <laughs> if you just i'm looking i'm looking out there's there is a nice bit of there's a small bit of grass but it's not quite a montego bay but it I, i've learned something around then because i didn't know it was kind of well well established that's really it's it's interesting to know that and it's um how do you here's a question how how do you help or how do you obviously it can't happen overnight but one of the first things you mentioned was culture and how important that was how do the guys over there become ventricans yeah so it's a good question the first thing first is is they we have our some of our team need to be out there working with with the uh with with the new teams recruiting and and you know, conveying the culture that we have here here in the UK, because without that, it's you know one of the biggest things for us was can can we can we almost replicate what what we do here in the UK, uh, and that and that's that's not easy because it's slightly different culture and and um, you know wherever you are in the world, people are a little different. So so it's about how do we how do we get. Uh, um, the venture culture and, and people working in the way we do over here. So, and that involves, as I say, some of our management team out there it involves a good in-country manager, so site director, and also uh, me going out there relatively regularly. So it's quite, it's all very new at the moment. We're just mm. uh, in the special economic zone. Uh, I'll be going with plan to go out there every quarter. So the idea is that I get to know everybody and, and also regular video links uh you know the great thing nowadays with teams yeah. this whole sort of um everything being up in the cloud it just means that we can really work together much easier nowadays than than could have been possible a few years ago so it's also a, a, about building out the centers so that they look and feel like venture as well so having that same look and feel it's really recreating what we're already doing and that's 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 the the strategy and 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 is the ongoing plan really i used to work for an american um outsourcer and a lot a large part of their strategy was um expanding their geographical footprint acquisitions and it it, it led to me going as part of a team to a new contact center in istanbul in turkey and one of the things that I that, that stuck with me is, and I'm generalizing a bit to make a point, but it felt like it was a, they wanted it, the, the American uh, owners in the States wanted it like a one-way street of uh, knowledge. So it was kind of, this is the way we do it. You have to go out there and teach them the, teach them the ways. When in fact... Even you know, even as experienced contact center people, if you would, if you had a growth mindset, you learned so much. You learned so much. You touched upon it's a different countries do things in different ways. I, for me, it felt like we only started to get it right 
when we appreciated it, it was a two-way street. So yeah, fine, we had to say, here's some of our policies, but not just like enforce them, say, how might this work? How can what you do make us better that we can actually take back and implement in the UK or in, in, the, in the US? And so I'm, all for, I'm a big believer in what you're doing in terms of um, it can add value across all your workforce, both ways. Definitely. And so that's a really interesting point because it is understanding and, uh, uh, that there, there are things that you can learn from abroad. I think a, a lot of big companies and also, you know, BPOs go into uh, uh, new, new, new locations, different countries, different territories and want to um, want to move everything to the way it's done in, in their their, lo their original location. And, and it is good to be able to, because even particularly in Jamaica, there's a, there's a feeling or a, um, I think a, a misinterpretation almost that people are so laid back that they're, they're going backwards. It's, yeah. It's, the, the people out there really want to work. They're really into work they want to progress they're ambitious they've got you know they've got so many skills and and it's about adapting some of the things that work uh in 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 a jamaican's lifestyle as opposed to what we we yeah. expect necessarily over here but certainly one of the things that 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 we do have in the uk is a, a really advanced contact center customer management industry it really is and it it it, it 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 is actually the envy of the world i think yeah and that sounds like a really big sweeping statement but oh i love it so well respected because of uh because of the quality of what we do here in the uk so so i think we're, we're exporting more of these ideas into the site in jamaica as opposed to importing but 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 equally taking some of the really good things and not trying to change things that, that don't need changing, if that makes sense. It does. It really does. And what a lovely, what a lovely sentiment and statement. I completely agree. I think there's a lot to be proud of for, for our industry from the UK point of view. Um, and isn't it great that you're able to, in, a, in anyone that's exposed to it, break down some of those perceptions? Because again, that was something that um, I saw time and time again, when people came to, Istanbul they had a perception of what Turkish people were were like the culture workers um, and their minds were blown you know and I, I think that's great to see that because people then went back and were like yeah no it's not the work doesn't stop five times a day because everyone's everyone's praying or or whatever it's not like that at all um, and it's just that I think makes everyone makes everyone better Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think the world over, uh, generally, people people go to work and, and wanting to do a good job, mm. whether in the UK, the US, Turkey, or or, uh, or Jamaica. And and it, it's the, the biggest, most fundamental thing for me that, that that is you know it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's about your people, looking after your people. You know, if you care about your people, you look after them. And you genuinely want to see the best for them that, that that gets paid back in spades and you don't as i said earlier in the conversation you don't do it because of that but you do it because you care about people and it's just uh, that's so important wherever you are that really that really comes across and i know everyone that knows you will say that that's absolutely true you know when you went from when you started growing ventrica and you how did you deal with maintaining that care of people as you started to scale so <clears throat> i think it, uh, up until we got to probably five or six hundred staff it was it was easier because uh being a, a sort of omnipresent in the centers and and able to walk around and say hi to everybody as i still do today um uh, so so really uh, that that was that was easier in a more um um in the world we, we we're sort of operating in today it's more challenging with, with people working remotely and I, i'll talk a bit about um the, the things that we're doing but the um 
it really it was about bringing on board the management team in the early days we grew and making sure that we were bringing on managers who um, fundamentally in the you know the heart of what they were doing is all about the people so they had to be really strong people you know people person or yeah. people people if i'm saying that <laughs> uh, people 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 <laughs> so they, they had to care you know we, we we look for people who who um genuinely are, are good people they have a way about them that engage people because again you know there's an old saying is it you know when people leave a business in many cases or a lot of the time it's about could be about their manager rather than the role itself maybe yeah um so so it was it's been about this whole sort of you know instilling the 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 um the the ways of doing things the ways of the importance of our staff you know i've always sort of had this you know uh, philosophy and it, and, it, and, it, and as i said it, it comes from the heart that the most important people in our business are our customer service advisors they're more important than all of everyone you know yeah yeah people in the business and without them we don't have a company so uh, I, I think we've always instilled that throughout the management team and, and that's sort of remained at the heart of what we do it gets regularly communicated throughout uh, throughout the business but as we've grown and and um, you know we, we 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 live in the world that we do today we've had to get a little more creative so uh, we're just actually working on some new videos so that when so that when we're we're onboarding uh, new new staff, that they get a video from myself, welcome them to the business from uh, a lot of the senior management team. They get to meet the leadership team, um, and that they get everything they need. So it really makes it easy when they're onboarding to, to understand what they have to do when they get helping hands. They get butted up remotely. So there's there's lots of things we we're doing to try and uh, make sure that. Um, that we engage people in the best way we can, but in a slightly different way for those that are not um, not coming into the office. So, yeah, it's more challenging. Um, yeah, without doubt. I think it means that um, certainly from uh, your leadership point of view and your point of view, you have to be more kind of accessible from things like this, like a like a, a video setting. I, I saw that there's, and I've, I've used it on my website, actually, well, the free version, but there's companies where as part of their induction, it would be you um, and you can interact with you as a video from a, like an FAQ point of view. So you could, you might say, what do you want to know about? You, you do your opening spiel and then you say, what do you want to know about next? And on the screen, it comes up with uh, the HR policy or holiday or and they they select it and then it's you responding to that so there's some ceos out there having to kind of spend a bit of time in front of video cameras doing um which i again i think it's all it's all really interesting it's it's a way that like you say i'm like you i i envisage a world where we've come back but we've come back with new skills new understanding that we've come back better um, than that sounds like a, a political party statement that we've come back better. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's lovely that you have that that view, Martin, as well. It's great because where uh, where we've all been faced with with the challenges that we have, it, you know, to, to be able to take a really a good view of so, okay, what what are the really great things that have come out of this? And there are some fantastic things in in terms of what we've learned uh, as individuals and, and a, as an industry so so yeah it's it's always good to look at it from that perspective but if you think about it we've all lived through or we're living through history and unlike a lot of other things it's affected all of us so in every facet of life and i think if you try and look at it from a a positive point of view we've all that it's helped with that sense of community so uh, in just a small example I coach uh, my stepdaughter's um, football team and the rules have changed around so we're going into this uh, game tomorrow with unfortunately some of the girls have uh, COVID so that but the interaction between us and our opposing teams and all the teams in the league is so there's so much flexibility 
So it's, you know, we'll match numbers, don't worry. It's all about playing again. Whereas I think even at kind of under 14 level, previously it might have been, well, well, it doesn't matter. We're looking forward to beating you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still competitive, but it's competitive from a far more community base with everyone understanding it's the joy of the game, it's the joy of football. And isn't it nice that we're still able to go out and play it despite being still in a still in a pandemic? And I think there's so many things like that where and maybe we won't see all of the benefits right now, but I think we will as the further out of this we get, we'll appreciate more that we've we've all lived through something and been affected by it together. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it it's going to be a, a challenging winter as well, isn't it? Because yes, we're all waiting to see what happens. I'm losing count now of the wave. Is it the third or the potential fourth wave that, that uh, we all feel could be coming? <laughs> I, 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 I really, I really don't know. I, I lose count of the waves, but um, but. I don't know. It, it kind of feels that since we, we've moved, we, we kind of felt we were move, really moving forward, didn't it, throughout the summer? And it, and um, when you look at the numbers, yes, uh, it's it's um, yeah, coming a little. Well, of course, the first time me, the first time you came on the podcast, we spoke about your experience of having COVID. Yes, yes, my goodness, I was so. I can't remember how long ago that, that was. It was over a year ago, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, so I was so unwell. Uh, I was so unwell. Uh, I was, I, I, I tried to, I, so I was off. I got it right at the beginning in early April uh, when sort of it was really starting to, to rear its head. In fact, we'd, we'd, we'd probably just got the vast majority of our staff home. I think it was the 24th or 25th of March. And then must have been the first week in April I, I came over feeling really, really ill. And um, yeah, I, I couldn't work for, the, for all of the summer. I was out of Ventrica for, so between April and October, I tried to come back in October, but I was still had no energy whatsoever. I just couldn't do the, honestly, Martin, the most basic of things, walk up a staircase, um, you know, um, anything even slightly strenuous, I couldn't do it. So the board sort of said, look, Dino, take, you know, come back in January. And and um, so I, I I took a few more months off and came back in January and, and bit by bit, I I um, started feeling okay. And, and, and you know, what is it now? October, end of October, so 10 months since I've been fully back at work. But it's only really been the last three months, I would say, where I've been able to go down the gym again and, and, and I'm back to my normal annoying self. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Dino's... Dino, oh, he's back. He's back. <laughs> it's, it's just back to the way he was. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it's only really been the, the last three months I really felt like my old self again. And that's that's been you know, a year and a half. So... Uh, that's and it, mad. Yeah, it, this long COVID thing. I mean, I... You, you truly believe that you're never going to get better. So I've never been ill for more than two or three days yeah. um, in my life. So when you're ill for that long, it absolutely knocked the stuffing out of me. I, I, I just can't explain how bad it was, but I feel really great now. I feel really great. <laughs> yeah. Preparing to go again. So um, thank you. Men I'm one of the lucky ones. Mentally, how did you cope with that enforced time off? goodness that was really difficult because uh, you know what I'm like I'm 100 miles an hour and and I want to get things done and I, I you know and, and people often say to me do you know you know slow down <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it is the way I am uh, it, it was really difficult because as I've said when you when you become ill and and you think that that's your life because you can't think anything else when you just can't do the, the basics for months and months on end. Um, it was really challenging. It was challenging uh, being away from the people, but I, but I had my I had a board of directors and, a, and a, a senior leadership team who were just fantastic. So they were like, Dino, just get better. 
just take your time and, and get better. And, and um, so in my mind, um, what I struggled with was being away from, you know, from the vibrancy. And of course, we were all at home anyway, but nevertheless, we were in a very, very busy and demanding period. Um, so I, I missed, I missed all of that greatly. And it took me, I think, many months to, to sort of acclimatize to you, you, you can't get involved with work because what, and what I really learned Martin as well and I never ever appreciated it until until it happened to me is that I never understood how um, how just mental energy how working and even sat at a desk when you're trying to think how that zaps your energy in the same way as physical exertion does I just never knew because I, I sometimes I would sit and I would try and work, and I would, and by the afternoon I just have to go go to bed, have a sleep. Mm. That totally zapped my energy. So it's a real, it was a real eye opener, and it, and it it kind of made me look through. It's kind of made me look look at life through a slightly different lens, I think, because I've always been a, a bit of a workaholic, and and to a certain degree I still am. But I think I've I've learned to. Um, to, to just take it a bit easier, step back a little bit and, and just take it a bit easier. <laughs> if anything, I think that's what I've learned. He's down to like 99 miles an hour now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I suppose um, we are who we are, right? It's, it's um, I guess it's in my makeup, you know, I, I, I you know. But I, it's something, again, it's like, it's something you've overcome, which how challenging is that for someone who is is always on the go, mentally, physically, full of energy, to have that curtailed, you know, that's kind of like the worst thing that could that could happen to you. And then to come through it, but again, you've come through it with new perspectives or new learnings. Um, and it is it is fascinating. And I wonder if for our industry, the next big thing for us is going to be around the application of what we know from neuroscience because you mentioned there the fatigue uh, the mental fatigue uh, exhibiting itself in the same way physical does um attention fatigue is a real thing that we expose our frontline team members to every day it's part of their role to to pay attention to engage with people it's it would it's the equivalent of me doing a podcast all day long you know and and we all know if you've done if you've done the role it's not it's tough it's knackering so little tricks finding ways of helping people be at their best and maintain their long-term um mental and physical health i think there's so much good happens in our industry but i still think there's more we can do um and I think that kind of thing is is fascinating. You know, you talked about, again, uh, workforce management principles, and they've changed as a result of us understanding how best to get our frontline workers, uh, team members performing, not just for the customer, but also for to make sure that they're okay, that they're, they're, they're enjoying their work and enjoying life. But I've gone off on a really weird tangent. One of one of the the ideas, um, and, and we've got to try it out that we're about to launch is is uh, is uh, video yoga, online yoga. So we're looking to see if we can deliver yoga. <laughs> wow, are but, you flexible? Uh, no, I'm not at all flexible. So uh, you, you probably won't see me partaking, but. Um, uh, but no, no, I, I, um, I yeah, it, it's, you know, that what I found, uh, particularly now that I'm, uh, I'm fit and raring to go is, is just sometimes walking away from your screen for a bit, which I know isn't always easy when we're busy as a, as a customer service advisor and, and, but, but we're, we're really trying to encourage people to get up, walk around, take a break and make sure you take those breaks because it makes a big difference. Especially Absolutely. She get some fresh air as well. It's that, absolutely. And I, I read something the other day that um, just a short break, a very short break, but as long as that break, and this is difficult because how, how do you do it? Um, but the ideal is if you've been using a screen,
but your break means you don't look at your phone. You don't just you don't go away and then look at a smaller screen. <laughs> that you, that you you come away from anything to do with a screen has a, a couple of minutes has a big impact, but only if it's not you're not like this. Um, and that's you know that's a a challenge certainly. <laughs> Any of us with children will know how challenging that is. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it is indeed. It is indeed. Dino, um, everyone, I, I talk for everyone I know, it's great that you're back fit, fit as a fiddle, fighting again, it's brilliant, and um, thanks so much for for coming on and sharing, you know, where Ventrica is at, your your thoughts about um, the industry. Um, I guess it would just be nice to end with asking you what, what excites you the most about what's coming up for you and or Ventrica? Goodness, what excites me the most? So, um, well, certainly uh, the the international expansion is exciting for, for, for us. So we're looking uh, for a new language hub in Europe as well, which we hope to unveil something by the latest of spring next year. So um, I won't say too much about where that where that, that potential destination is yet. So that's really exciting to uh, but the, the, so three big things for me. Number one, let's try in, in the safest way possible to to repatriate, uh, as is already happening. We get more of our team back and get that you know get back our the you know yeah. what, what we're we're known for in, in Ventrica. Um, build Jamaica. That's really really important. Expand out out in uh, in Jamaica, and of course the the, the new the new uh, European hub. So that, that they're the really exciting things that are happening amongst a, a raft of, of new changes. But I, I think, um, yeah, those, those are probably the key ones for me. That's brilliant. Dino, thank you very much for giving up your time. I really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you again. Actually, it's a pleasure as, as always to speak to you. Uh, it goes without saying. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.